So Genesis chapter 7. Then the Lord said to Noah, Go into the ark, you and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made I will blot out from the face of the ground. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. Noah was six hundred years old when, he, when the flood waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wife and his sons and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. Of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and the birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the seventh day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth, and the windows of the heavens were opened, and rain fell upon the earth forty days and forty nights. On the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind, and all the livestock according to their kinds, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two, of all flesh in which there was the breath of life, and those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him, and the Lord shut him in. The flood continued forty days on the earth. The waters increased and bore up the ark, and it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And the waters prevailed so mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed above the mountains, covering them fifteen cubits deep, and all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind. Everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. This is God's word. Thank you, Brother Colt. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak through your word. And Lord, I just pray right now that you will speak to each of our hearts and that our hearts will be open and attentive to receive your word as it is, not the word of man, but the very word of God. Um, I ask that the words of my mouth 
and the meditation of all of our hearts will be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. May 26, 1940, was the start of the heroic rescue of about 338,000 soldiers from the shores of Dunkirk in France. This heroic rescue lasted until June 4th. And during that time, there was about 198,000 British soldiers and 140,000 French and Belgian soldiers who were rescued from imminent death. They had been pushed to the very beach and the very seashore by the Nazis, by the Nazi German army that was pushing in from all sides and defeat was imminent. But it was incredible for pulling off this great rescue from the shores of Dunkirk and bringing these soldiers over to the island of England. It happened in a very interesting way. Let me just read for you. As Dunkirk had such a shallow beach, Royal Navy vessels couldn't reach it, and the Allies put out a call for smaller ships to carry troops from the shore to the larger ships further out in the North Sea. Some 800 to 1,200 boats, many of them leisure or fishing crafts, eventually aided in the evacuation from Dunkirk. Some were requisitioned by the Navy and crewed by naval personnel, while others were manned by their civilian owners and crew. The first members of this small armada, which would become known as the Little Ships, began arriving on the beaches of Dunkirk on the morning of May 28th, helping to speed up the evacuation. And that's according to History.com. I think many of us have seen that movie Dunkirk, and it portrays vividly this heroic rescue, and it shows these uh, civilians, uh, and there's, it's a powerful story in the movie, it shows one particular civilian take his boat and, and come and provide rescue for the soldiers on the shores of Dunkirk. The only hope that these soldiers had of salvation, being saved from imminent death from the Nazis, came to them in the form of these boats, these little ships. And as these little ships came in, 
It would have been almost unthinkable if the captain of the ship was crying, come in, come in, and the soldier refused. It would have been his death wish. Because the only hope of salvation for each and every one of those individual soldiers came through those boats. In a similar way, for Noah and for all of mankind, the only hope for salvation from the coming judgment that was coming through the flood was in the floating vessel of the ark. It was the only hope not only for Noah, but for all mankind. And not only mankind, for all of the land-dwelling animals during that time. The only hope for them being rescued, the only hope for salvation came through the ark. And in a real sense, for us today, and this is something that we see brought out in the scriptures, that today, for us, the only hope for our eternal salvation comes through our Lord Jesus Christ. And so I want us to consider as we go through Genesis 7 that gives us the story of the great flood and the the salvation of Noah and his family and of the animals. For us to consider that that ark was their only hope and for us, Jesus is our only hope. Hope is found in Christ alone. Just like the song says, in Christ alone my hope is found. Come to him. In verse 1 through 5, I want us to consider that salvation is found in Christ. Come to him and be saved. And in verses 6 through 22, I want us to consider that security is found in Christ. Come to him and be secure. First of all, in verses 1 through 5, salvation is found in Christ and in Christ alone. Come to him and be saved. In verse 1, the Lord gives a command to Noah. He says, then the Lord said to Noah, go into the ark. You and all your household, for I have seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Take, take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate, and a pair of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on all the face of the earth. He gives them a command. In the ESV, it says the command that the Lord gave to Noah was go into the ark. But in the Hebrew language, the word that is translated go into actually is the word enter. Or in another sense, not only to enter, but to come in. To come into the ark. 
So in verse 1, when the Lord says to Noah, go into the ark, really, it should be better translated, come into the ark. It gives us this picture that the Lord was already inside the ark and he's calling them. And and it was a command because in verse 5 it says Noah did all that the Lord commanded him. So he commanded him to come in the ark along with his family and all of the animals. In verses 2... And three, we we see what all of the animals included. Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals. Now this is interesting because normally when we think of Noah's Ark, we think of them just coming in two by two. And there was two of each animal, which is true. But there were certain clean animals. And you could find out about what the clean animals are in the book of Leviticus chapter 11 and Deuteronomy chapter 14. But there were certain clean animals that there were seven pairs, so 14 animals, that came on to the ark. And the reason for this is, later on when, you, when we continue the story, in chapter 8 verses 20, we see that some of those clean animals were used for sacrifice. But then also in chapter 9, that they were used for food. So um, they needed to have those extra 12 animals for the sacrifices and for the food. And then two of them would be able to propagate and to continue to make sure that there were animals on the earth. And the Lord called them to go on. It says... Take with you seven pairs of all clean animals, the male and his mate in verse 2, and a pair, a pair, so two, of the animals that are not clean, the male and his mate, and seven pairs of the birds of the heavens also, male and female, to keep their offspring alive on the face of all the earth. Now it's interesting, and there's some different conjecture about this. Um, there is a ministry in Kentucky called Answers in Genesis, And they have, it's called an ark encounter. So they have built um, a life-size ark. And it's like a museum. You can go in and and they they provide a lot of information about what life could have been like in the ark. um, And what the animals could have been like. And they have all of these Christian scientists who have really studied, uh, you know, how could all of the animals fit on on this ark? And in their studies, they have come to the conclusion that they believe that there was about 7,000 animals that were on the ark. And and they think that they were probably juvenile. They weren't full-grown animals. So they wouldn't have taken up as much room. And they believe that the ark would have been the size of about 1.88 million cubic feet. It's a big boat. Um, I guess to to put some perspective to that, it could have held 450 semi-trailers within within the ship itself. So it was a big ship, a big boat. And 
It was not only the hope of salvation for mankind, it was the hope of salvation for the animals as well. And the Lord commanded for Noah, his family, and the animals to come in. And the reason, in verse 4, For in seven days I will send rain on the earth forty days and forty nights. And that's those are... Uh, day, that's a, an amount of time that we see in different parts of Scripture as well. And every living thing that I have made, I will blot out from the face of the ground. Judgment is coming. And Noah did all that the Lord had commanded him. The only hope of salvation was found in that ark. Just like those soldiers who are there on the shores of Dunkirk. The only salvation for them was found in those little ships. Those little fishing boats. Those little recreational boats that came. And in getting into that, there was hope for salvation. Now the truth is for us, the only hope for our eternal salvation is in Christ. And you may ask, well, how do we get that understanding and that application from Noah's Ark? Well, if you would like to turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 3. In verse 20 through 22, the Holy Spirit through Peter gives us an incredible understanding of what is going on when they got on the ark and went through the flood and how it applies to us. 1 Peter 3, verse 20 through 22 says this. God's patience waited in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared In which, so in the ark, a few, that is eight persons, were brought safely through water. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God with angels, authorities, and powers having been subjected to him. So so the Holy Spirit through Peter says that the salvation that Noah and his family received through the ark corresponds to our salvation. And, and he calls it baptism, which corresponds to this now saved. And when he speaks about baptism, he's not speaking first and foremost of the physical act of going into the water and coming out. And we know that because he goes on and says, not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So what he is saying is that the physical act of being dunked under the water and coming up in baptism 
is a picture of the baptism that has already happened in a person's heart being identified with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. So in just the same way that the ark went through the waters and went through the wrath of God and came out on the other side, when we trust in Jesus Christ, we are crucified with Him. We acknowledge that when He died, He died in our place. We died with Him and He was buried and we trust in His resurrection and that we were raised with Him. It's a powerful, powerful symbol and a powerful picture. And the Holy Spirit through Peter says it's not the removal of the dirt from the body, but it's the identification with Jesus Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection. And that corresponds to what Noah and his family went through as they went on the ark and went through the flood. It's pretty powerful. See, that's where we can come to the realization that for us, salvation and our hope of being saved for all of eternity and being made right with God is found in no one else and in nothing else except for Jesus Christ and Him alone. His death, burial, and resurrection and Noah and his family is pointing to that. And the Holy Spirit through Peter is giving us insight And through it, he's also giving us insight into the importance of physical baptism. For although it's not the removal of the dirt from the body that saves, it's that identity with Christ and the act of being physically baptized is a powerful symbol that points to the identification with Christ just like The act of the ark going through the flood and coming out on the other side. So for those of us who have trusted in Christ, the ark tells us, get baptized. Because in the same way that the ark was a powerful picture of what it means to be identified with Jesus Christ through his death, burial, and resurrection, the physical act of being baptized in the waters and coming out points to that truth being applied to us. Come to Jesus. As a believer, and and I would challenge if there's anyone here who is not, been baptized and you are a follower of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage and challenge you that maybe that's something that the Holy Spirit is is convicting you of and wants to push you towards. But then secondly, for those who are believers, think about the incredible hope that comes from being in Christ. See, Noah and his family had incredible hope from being in the ark, for, from coming to 
the ark and coming in the ark. For those who have trusted in Christ, we are told that we are placed in Christ. I want to, us to read, I just wanted to read this and you can listen. Ephesians chapter 1 and I want you to take careful consideration of how many times it says in him. Speaking about being in Christ. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, that means believers, in Christ. See, for those who have trusted in Christ alone as their Savior, you have been placed in Christ. Just like Noah and his family were in the ark. We are in Christ. And then it says this. Blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing. In the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him. Before the foundation of the world. That we should be holy and blameless before him. In love he predestined us for adoption. To himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he has blessed us in the beloved. Then listen to this. In him we have redemption. Through his blood the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him things in heaven and things on earth verse 11 in him we have obtained an inheritance having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory what incredible blessings noah And his family received by being in the ark. But but as great as those blessings were, they were just temporal. But they were pointing forward to the incredible blessings that we receive when we are in Christ. An inheritance that will not perish or fade. Forgiveness of our sins. Redemption. And all of these wonderful truths that are laid out for us in the book of Ephesians. And as a believer, I want to challenge you and challenge myself. Come to Christ. You may have come to him At the first and trusted in him for salvation and forgiveness. And that's incredible. But now that you are in him, come to him and be so thankful for all of the incredible blessings that he has given you. And in Ephesians, it talks about all that Christ, all that God has given us in Christ. And then it 
leads to this is how you should live in, in light of that truth. Think upon all of the myriad of blessings that you have been the recipient of because you have come to Christ. And if there's anyone here who has not come to Christ, the Lord commanded Noah, come into the ark. In Revelation twenty-two seventeen, it says, the spirit and the bride say, come. And let the one who hears say, come. And let the one who is thirsty come. Let the one who desires take the water of life without price. Maybe you know about Jesus. Maybe you know that he died on the cross and rose to life. But in your heart, you haven't really truly come to him. You you, you haven't stepped in the ark. You haven't trusted in him alone. Today is the day. See, hope is found in Christ. The hope of salvation. Come to him and be saved But in verses 6 through 22, security is found in Christ. Come to him and be secure. First of all, security is found in his finished work. Rest in his power to save. Verse 6, now Noah was 600 years old when the flood of waters came upon the earth. And Noah and his sons and his wives, his wife and his sons' wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood of clean animals and of animals that are not clean and of birds and of everything that creeps on the ground, two and two, male and female, went into the ark with Noah as God had commanded Noah. He trusted God's word and he went on the ark and he led the animals on. And after seven days, the waters of the flood came upon the earth. In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on that day, all the fountains of the great deep burst forth. And the windows of heaven, of the heavens were opened. And rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. On the very same day, Noah and his sons, Shem and Ham and Japheth, and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark. They and every beast according to its kind and all the livestock according to their kinds and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth according to its kind and every bird according to its kind, every winged creature. They went into the ark with Noah, two and two of all flesh in which there was the breath of life. And those that entered, male and female of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. We're given this picture that the Lord commanded Noah to enter in the ark. And so he, the very next day, and you see that in verse 7, it says, And Noah and his sons and his wives wife and his son's wives with him went into the ark to escape the waters of the flood. So immediately after the Lord commanded him, they started the process of bringing all of these animals onto the ark. All 7,000, more or less. And, and, and then in verse uh, 13... 
it's isn't it just incredible um, how it says on the very same day Noah and his well in verse 12 and rain fell upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights on the very same day Noah and his sons Shem and Ham and Japheth and Noah's wife and the three wives of his sons with them entered the ark along with the animals. So in that period of seven days, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives were leading all of these animals onto the ark. And as they were just finishing with the last few animals, the water starts to come. The rain starts to fall. And during this whole time, The door was still open. And as we we learned from last week, during the whole time while Noah was building, he was preaching. He was a herald of righteousness, Peter tells us. So up till that moment where the rain started to fall, there was still that opportunity for anyone who would come to come. It wasn't Noah who closed the ark. It wasn't Noah who closed the dar- the door, making it so that no one else could come in. It was the Lord. What powerful words in verse 16. And the Lord, Yahweh, Shut him in. And by the Lord doing that, what incredible security came. One commentator says this, Here assuredly was full and perfect security for all within. Jehovah or Yahweh kept the door and no one could go in or out without him. Full and perfect security within. The very one whose hand had brought down the rain and whose hand had opened up the fountains of the deep was the one who closed the door and kept all secure who were inside. For us, as followers of Jesus Christ, their security in Him. And in His finished work on our behalf, Jesus said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter, he shall be saved. Through Jesus, being the door, we may enter in and find security in the Lord. In verses 17 through 22, we see security is found in his protection from the storm, rests in his power to protect. The flood continued 40 days on the earth. The waters prevailed and increased greatly on the earth, and the ark floated on the face of the waters. And then listen to this, and the waters prevailed. So mightily on the earth that all the high mountains under the whole heaven were covered. Verse 20, the waters 
prevailed above the mountains, covering them 15 cubits deep. And all flesh died that moved on the earth, birds, livestock, beasts, all swarming creatures that swarm on the earth, and all mankind, everything on the dry land in whose nostrils was the breath of life, died. He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. Only Noah was left and those who were with him in the ark. And verse 24, and the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Four times the Holy Spirit through Moses tells us that the waters prevailed. Verse 18, 19, 20, and 24. And the result was that all on the earth died who were not in the ark. And they were blotted out. Notice with me in verse 23, it says, He blotted out every living thing that was on the face of the ground, man and animals and creeping things and birds of the heavens. They were blotted out from the earth. This was a fulfillment of what the Lord promised in verse 4. Because in verse 4, the Lord said, For in seven days I will send rain on the earth, forty days and forty nights, and every living thing that I have made, I will blot out. From the face of the ground. But then what great words. At the end of verse 23. Only Noah was left. And those who were with him in the ark. And the waters prevailed on the earth 150 days. Only the soldiers at Dunkirk who were able to get on those small ships were protected from the enemy. Unfortunately, although there were 338,000 who were saved, there were 70,000 who were left, many who became prisoners of war, and there were 16,000 that died during that time. Not all made it on those ships. But the ones who did had security and protection. For us as believers, Ephesians chapter 1, I read verse 3 through 12, but I want to read for us now verse 13 and 14. In him, in Christ, You also, when you heard the word of the truth, the gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. In the same way that the Lord shut the door to the ark and sealed it, He seals those who trust in Christ alone. And what security is found in Him? What hope is found in Him? See, hope is found in Christ. Come to Him. Hope for salvation. 
is found in Him alone. Come to Him and be saved. Hope for security is found in Him alone. Come to Him and be secure. Come to Him. Father, we thank You for Your Word. And Lord, I pray that in our lives that we will daily come to Christ and greater trust and love And through that, we would be able to rejoice in the incredible blessings of being in Christ. And the protection and the security that comes from being in Christ. Lord, if there's anyone here who has not come to Christ, I pray that today... Although they have heard many times and they they know in their head what the, the message of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection is. But maybe they haven't come to that point where they truly have got in the ark. Have not truly trusted in Christ alone. I pray that today will be the day that they do. And Lord, may we truly worship you in spirit and in truth. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.